This is part two of a two-part series about Unit 731, a human experimentation camp of horrors that the United States quietly swept under the international rug in order to gain access to the data gathered from war crimes, such as torture and vivisection. Following the end of World War II, General Douglas MacArthur appointed Dr. Murray Sanders, a microbiologist, to investigate the Japanese biological warfare program. After realizing that the interpreter, Dr. Ryoichi Naito, assigned to him in Japan was obstructing his investigation, Dr. Sanders threatened Naito with an investigative invitation to the Allied Soviet Communists who the Japanese were terrified of. The next morning, Naito brought in a manuscript declaring Japanese biological warfare efforts. MacArthur, the U.S.-appointed military governor of Japan, wanted that information, quote, on an exclusive basis, end quote. Sanders was instructed to offer Ishii and all of his thousands of colleagues who performed war crimes immunity from prosecution. After agreeing to the deal, U.S. military interviewers received, quote, autopsy reports of Chinese and Russian vivisection victims, and thousands of slide samples of human tissues and germ warfare pathogens, end quote. The American military and intelligence community, naturally, did not share much of this data with anyone. The immunity granted to Unit 731 personnel in exchange for this data apparently extended to everyone connected at all with Unit 731. There were thousands of personnel working at Unit 731, and most of them heeded Ishii's earlier warnings and urging to lifelong secrecy. In fact, much of the information about Unit 731 and almost all particular data regarding Unit 731 experiments is still undisclosed. Several letters claim that Ishii and other Japanese biological warfare units experimented on American and Western Allied POWs. Tomio Karasawa, a section chief at Unit 731, did state in court that American POWs had been used for biological warfare testing at Mukden. The Joint Chiefs of Staff instructed MacArthur to keep the human experiments and murders by Unit 731 a secret from the American public. Scientists from Unit 731 presented the Americans with reports on crop destruction experiments, bubonic plague experiments on humans, thousands of slides, and 600 pages on human experimentation, germ warfare, and chemical warfare. After some war crimes information was shared with the United States, Ishii requested a formal, written declaration of immunity for him and all his superiors and subordinates, offering full cooperation and access to all the data gathered by Unit 731. MacArthur, who noted, quote, information about human vivisection useful, end quote, passed the request on to the Pentagon. Ishii's offer was accepted, as Norbert Fell, Another investigator under MacArthur noted in his final report on the significance of the data from Unit 731 and the immunity granted to Unit 731 members. Quote, 
The recommendations of the CNC FEC, General Douglas MacArthur, and the Chief Chemical Corps would be accepted, i.e., that all information obtained in this investigation would be held in intelligence channels and not used for war crimes programs. End quote. After MacArthur decided to grant all Unit 731 participants immunity from prosecution in writing in September 1947, it was reported that, quote, the data came in waves after that. We could hardly keep up with it, end quote. In 1998, Department of Justice official Eli Rosenbaum wrote that, quote, Ishii and his colleagues received immunity from prosecution, and, in exchange, they provided a great deal of information to U.S. authorities, end quote. The significance of the data gathered from these experiments, however, and traded for war crimes prosecutorial immunity, has not been explained by any government, particularly by the U.S. government, who has the most access to Unit 731 researchers and data outside of the Japanese government itself. The American government may have paid a lot of money and covered up many wartime atrocities for advanced technology and valuable data, just as our government pardoned, paid, and employed many knowledgeable Nazi scientists, like Werner von Braun, the head developer of the Saturn V rocket that took Apollo 11 to the moon. On the other hand, data from a decade-plus of torturing prisoners of war and civilians may have resulted in the accrual of data with no particular relevance to biological science and the defense of the United States. Maybe the U.S. military just let thousands of war criminals get off scot-free, often after sticking a lot of money in their pockets. Meguro Masahiko stated that, quote, After the war, there were fantastic payments to former Unit 731 members. Some people got up to 2 million yen. That kind of money was unheard of in those days, around 1948 or 1949. It was unbelievable. I don't know where it came from, but almost anyone connected in any way at all with Unit 731 got something. That was the best-paying job there was. A lot of university professors were connected with Unit 731, especially upper-level people. Those are the people who built the foundation of today's Japan. End quote. Seventy-five years after Unit 731 was shut down, and Americans seized their most prominent scientists and potentially valuable biological data gathered from horrific human torture and experimentation, any benefits of such a vast and complete immunity given to literally thousands of war criminals remain unknown. The Japanese government has disclosed almost nothing except that the Kwantung Army's Epidemic Prevention and Water Purification Department, the cover office for Unit 731, existed. In 2018, a personnel list of the employees employed by this department was released. Any references to Unit 731 itself are played down or ignored by the Japanese government despite the documents and testimony of former scientists and personnel employed there. The reasoning behind the immunity granted to these war criminals is explained in an internal War Department memorandum from June 23, 1947. Quote, 
Since any war crimes action would completely reveal such data to all nations, it is felt that such publicity must be avoided in the interests of defense and security of the U.S. It is believed also that the war crimes prosecution of General Ishii and his associates would serve to stop the flow of much additional information of a technical and scientific nature. Ishii had told Unit 731 researchers to never take jobs in public offices, never contact each other, and to take the secret of Unit 731 to the grave. Many scientists from Unit 731 became prominent public figures in Japan. A governor of Tokyo, the president of the Japan Medical Association, the head of the Japan Olympic Committee, the chairman and president of Green Cross Corporation, the largest Japanese pharmaceutical company, and the heads of a number of Japanese medical schools. Yoshisuke Murata, the man in charge of vivisections, became director of the Kyoto University Medical School and later medical director at Kinki University. According to the Harbin Museum of Inhuman Atrocities, detailing relics and the history of Unit 731, generally Shii staged a funeral in his hometown for himself and then lived out his days a free man on the outskirts of Tokyo, dying of laryngeal cancer in 1959. Some Unit 731 scientists were eager researchers. Others were not. This did not factor into their actions. Both the eager and reticent followed orders, since both knew that to disobey their emperor, a living god, was impossible, unthinkable, and that fulfilling their decreed duty was a sacred responsibility. These scientists are guilty of countless atrocities and war crimes. Some of these people did not regret their crimes, such as Ueda Yataro. Quote, I pulled the red-black blood into the hypodermic. His throat was making a tiny rasping sound like an insect. With resentment and anger in his eyes, he stared at me. But that did not matter. I obtained a blood sample of 10 cubic centimeters. For people in laboratory work, this is ecstasy, and one's calling to his profession. Showing compassion for a person's death pains was of no value to me. End quote. Other scientists understood the cruelty of their actions. This is a collection of statements by former Unit 731 personnel. Quote, we sent 3,000 people to their deaths in Unit 731. I pray for the repose of their souls. The cruel and extremely inhuman behavior of Unit 731 must also never be repeated. I will identify myself and speak openly about the facts of war, the value of life. I knew that what we did was wrong. This was one example of the conduct of the Japanese army and it was absolutely against international law. I want people to tell their children and grandchildren that there is nothing more stupid and fearful than war. End quote. The things that people at Unit 731 did to other people were done primarily out of an acute sense of duty and to fit into and perpetuate the system these people grew up in. 
The culture you grow up in, the language you speak, the way you walk, determines who you are and what you do. If a baby is born in the States, but moves to Japan on day two and grows up there, they are going to grow up Japanese. They'll think, act, talk, and eat just like everybody else around them. If you transplant a Japanese baby into America, you get an English-speaking, burger-noshing American. Unit 731 is not an event that demonstrates some discrete human evil that the Japanese people embodied. The actions of Unit 731 were dictated by the Japanese imperial system and military in 1932. Very powerful and rigid constructs of authority. Every country in 1932, and today, has their own construct of authority. And all constructs are reshaped, picked at, and reinforced each day. People, and the societies they create, are always changing one rule or another. Maybe not defined as forward or backward development, but it is changing. Those new rules become norms to abide by. The metric by which individuals, groups, and eventually, the country measures its actions against. Knowing about some of these awful events that happen all the time, and knowing that every one of us can affect the constructs of authority and morality we share with those around us, let us recognize the violent shadows of the past as guideposts, directing us away from the places nobody wants to be a part of, toward a shared, tolerant, safe, and considerate world we can all live in according to our equally valid chosen paths.